Genius, it takes a lot to get on my show. Genius, you're probably someone we'd like to know. You're really good at stuff, you probably like to dance. You like long walks and you wear clean pants. Genius, get onto my show. Howdy folks, welcome to Living with a Genius. I'm your host, Omar Crook. On this episode, I'm going to wrap up uh, Brandon Ogborn's uh, chat with me. It's about a half hour long. Um, I didn't get a guest this week. You know, it's Christmas. It's really difficult to get people. Everybody's out of town and Hollywood is shut down. So I think what I'll do is I'll, I'll put this uh, last bit of our chat up and then maybe next week uh, or on Wednesday sometime. I guess I have to do it pretty soon. I'll do a, a year in review episode because I'll probably not post a, a podcast for a week or two here. You know, it's just tough. That's okay. I feel like a lot of shows do that, so I don't feel too bad about it. Then I'll have kind of a grand reopening for the podcast uh, next year. We had a strange Christmas. Our uh, one-year-old toddler girl, Maddie Mae, fell and hit her face on the coffee table yesterday as we were opening presents. Knocked a tooth out, basically. Amy put it put it back in place and... Uh, I don't know. It was a weird way to start uh, Christmas. How was your Christmas? I wonder. I mean, I had a, I got a few stories on, on Facebook about kids getting hurt on Christmas, which, I don't know, appealed to my schadenfreude, I guess. Made me feel a little bit better. But um, other than that, we had a great day. Got to see family. Everybody got along. Nobody uh, argued. Nobody drank too much. Uh, it was a little stressful. I find that the older I get, the... Uh, the harder I, uh, uh, it is for me to deal with a bunch of noise, and I guess that's what I get for having kids, you know, into my mid-40s. So uh, I'm not too hard on myself about that. That's just how it is. Um, what else is happening? Well, I'll tell you, 2016 was a rough one. Like I said, I'll probably do another episode in a week here and talk more about it. But uh, number one, Donald Trump elected to be our next president. I still can't believe it. I don't know. I might stock up on booze and just uh, hit it for a few years. I'm really disappointed. Terrified, actually. He's just such a fucking idiot. Um, what else? Oh, yeah. The Rolling Stones all happen to be alive still, somehow, miraculously. But we lost George Michael. We lost David Bowie. We lost Prince. I mean, three of the biggest influences in music uh, of my formative years growing up, you know, in high school and before that. That's been a real drag. I mean, Paul McCartney seems to be running marathons still, but those guys are gone. So, <clears throat> well, anyway. So, uh, uh, I think that's about all I have to say. I didn't really prepare too much today, as you can hear. We're still recovering from uh, two very long days. We had Christmas Eve dinner here with 20-some-odd people in the house and uh, Christmas going back and forth yesterday with the kids. So here's Brandon Ogborn. Oh, like maybe hopefully I'll get a writing job like for TV or film, like, but nothing will ever come to that. Like I will never be that successful. Dude, I loved again. it again. I thought it was great. And, and we were talking downstairs about it. I did you know at the time how tragic it was? Or did that kind of come to life on stage? Did you I mean It came to life because it was so sad. It's and I was starting to tell a story downstairs of a friend of mine who shall remain nameless had a meeting with Tom Cruise and the story he told me about how he showed up. So 
So like he gets this phone call and he said, Mr. Cruz would like to see you on such and such a date at, at this time. Do you agree? Yes. Okay. Um, Tom will call you next Tuesday to confirm. And then like Tuesday comes around at exactly that time. He calls us Tom Cruise. He, they talk on the phone. They talk about the movie and, and Tom has totally different ideas about the movie and the music that's supposed to go with the, with the movie. And so my friend is like, okay, well, this we, is your composer. Yeah. Friend. Yeah. So we'll, we'll talk about that, I guess. And okay, let's meet next week at such and such a time. I'd like you to be on the street uh, at this time when I arrive so that we can walk up together. I mean, everything is highly choreographed. So he's like waiting out on the street and this motorcade comes up. There's like this big black Yukon that pulls up and then Tom is on this motorcycle right behind it. <laughs> Absolutely. And then another Yukon passes and turns around to the other side of the street and then another car pulls up behind the motorcycle and then a guy from the first car comes out. It's all like very ceremonial, right? Like mm -hmm. he, he comes out and he has a briefcase in one hand tom hands him his helmet with one he gives tom the briefcase with the other tom comes off the guys from the car behind the motorcycle come out with towels and a bucket and they start washing the motorcycle and then they come upstairs to the meeting and they're sitting in the meeting with the producer and the director and the composer and tom and they're all talking about this movie that they're working on together and tom's watch beeps and at that moment, he pulls out the only thing that's in his briefcase, which is a Tupperware full of beans. And he opens the thing <laughs> and he starts eating beans, like in the middle, without a beat, like doesn't skip a beat. And the meeting goes on, he's eating his beans. Then the watch beeps again. He's, he stands up, he's like, okay. And doesn't say anything, just leaves, walks out, comes downstairs and everything happens in the reverse. He hands the guy the briefcase, the guy hands him the helmet. He gets on the motorcycle, everybody gets back in their cars. This then the Yukon leads it. Everybody turns around and they all follow Tom off. I mean, it's just and the most fascinating part of that story is that Tom Cruise has a bean alarm. Yeah, with a briefcase so that all it, all it has yeah, is like it's a, a bag. Beans. But, yeah. Wow. And so like part of that story to me feels like okay, he 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 is very meticulous. He needs to manage his time. There's something really, really lonely about it. I mean, yeah. very, very secluded and isolated and just totally sequestered from reality. Reality. And and in every even the the common, most banal way of living and how you eat lunch and what's appropriate in a meeting and what and it just none of that doesn't matter. He's on his own trajectory, he has his own ideas, and he has so much power and so much money. And there's so much control being exerted upon him from all different directions, mm -hmm. which is kind of like the converse of his own status. And, and and then so I get to the end of your play and it reminds me of that story that I just told and how, I don't know, just how, I guess just lonely. As well, long. there is it's that scene, so heartbreaking. that scene at the end, one of the last scenes called Lost in the Desert. That's yeah. a fake scene i wrote of like him going to this premiere with a sister who at the time was his publicist mm -hmm. after he, he jumped jumped the couch yeah 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 fires yeah. his his agent or fires his manager and you know all that shit goes down with yeah. paramount summer red sumner redstone fires tom cruise famously for just like going crazy proselytizing right and um then he Tom Cruise starts United Artists with Paula Wagner as business partner, but like they get to this premiere and it's just the saddest thing where he's like in the limo with his sister having these sad childhood memories of his abusive dad and his sister's like, 
what are you talking about? Let's go put on your sunglasses. You know, the music starts yeah. up and he's like waving to the crowd, you know. He so in himself it, is, a, is an industry, just a giant yes, corporation. He is. And it, there's elements of like that control. He's surrounded by Scientology staffers mm -hmm. all day. Mm -hmm. They work on his movies as well. Mm -hmm. They check his mail. They give him all the communication between um, David Miscavige and him, which is very close. He's very involved in the church. Yeah, He's almost like second fiddle. Right. In a lot of regards from what I've heard from Scientologists or ex-Scientologists on the inside who have worked directly with him yeah. and audited him. Yeah. Like these are people that came to the show or reached out. That that was the weird twist of the show was that we did the show in Chicago and mm -hmm. it was very much, ha ha, this is like funny, funny, funny. Right. All those Hollywood people are so crazy. Hollywood people and are Scientologists. weirdos. Scientologists yeah. are nuts. Yeah. And this woman comes backstage and um her name's cynthia fagan never seen her before and she's bawling her eyes out and she's like you don't know how true this is and i'm like who are you and she hands me this stack of papers and it's like 40 pages of printed out comments on an ex-scientology message board because somebody posted there's this play about tom cruise in chicago mm -hmm. that made it in the paper and it's all these people who are like this is going to end it. This is going to end the Scientology. This is going to end the human trafficking, the disconnection. It's going to be the show. And I'm like, oh, like, thanks. And she's like, I'm coming back next week. I'm bringing more of my friends. So then it starts to be like, Anthemic. before half our audience was like a lot. It was in Boys Town. So there's a lot of gay guys uh -huh. who are like, Tom Cruise is gay. Fuck him. Right. Ha -ha. And then they come to the show and they're like, oh like he's a person and this is like really sad yeah, <laughs> you know yeah so it started it was cool because there'd be like arguments in the audience when it'd be over with people would be like well no katie did this why would she and it was all this debate yeah and, and part of it was when i lived in santa barbara i worked for this guy at a coffee shop when i was in college there mm -hmm. and this guy he runs the santa barbara film festival now his name's um well i'll leave his name what everybody knows who he is but he used to be an assistant to an A-list actor. Okay. I don't know who it was. Uh -huh. It could have been like Kevin Spacey or somebody like that. Yeah. So he'd always like, he's like, I go down to LA, I get my hair cut. And this is like 2005 or seven. I can't remember now the play timeline, but he comes back up and he's like, oh, I was getting my hair cut in Hollywood. And there's all this gossip going around. Tom Cruise is auditioning actresses. And one of them's Katie Holmes. Can you believe that? Could you believe that he'd go with Katie Holmes and the other ones and he like lists them off like Scarlett Johansson auditioning them to be his wife. Unbelievable. And then six months later, Guess he's, what happens. he's yeah. like he's in Katie Italy Holmes. with her yeah. at the, getting the Lifetime Achievement Award yeah. at the festival and he's there with Katie Holmes and it's like, wait, what? So that was kind of part of like the conspiracy theory in yeah. the play of like, yeah. was this set up? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Does this really happen? Yeah, just so like then, in Magnolia, this really happens. Yeah, this really you know, happens. Frogs are falling yeah, from the sky. I love that yeah. movie. <laughs> you know, in the, I don't know if you caught that in the first time they showed the game show, somebody's got a sign that says like Ephesians three two yeah, yeah, or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyways, uh, talk about. I mean, talk about Tom Cruise. You know, we were talking about how downstairs before we started, there's a big risk of him not being relevant anymore like you were saying who, who's going to want to see a 
an actor, you know, 60 year old actor, jump, take a shirt off and jump out a window. Who's going to believe that? But then the other part of me, which I didn't mention downstairs, is that films like Magnolia. And I mean, he I, I mean, I feel like I'm hyperbolic in saying this because of the types of movies that he's been in. But he is one of our finest actors. He truly is. He is an and he's one of our actors. He's one of our finest producers. Yeah. I mean, he's one of the, the smartest. And in some ways, being a Scientologist, I mean, he has transcended the celebrity of Scientology and that the body of his work is actually hurt by Scientology more than help, I think. Yeah, yeah. He's really, he's legit. He's legit. But he's been in it more than half his life. Yeah. It's so much his life. And he buys into it. I mean, he, it's, yeah, it's not phony. And, and, you know, argumentatively you could say i was in a cult so i know what that's like but i do know what that's like to see everything from that purview and then when we left having it all change of like what do you mean they're not going to hell the whole paradigm shifts yeah and that there's you know i mean i don't know if you read or saw going clear the lawrence right yeah i, I thing, saw it yeah but on HBO, it's like yeah. when you're in that world like elrin hubbard was a he's written more than anybody's ever written in the world i mean not for like a little bit like forever nobody's ever written as much as him books like really? just books after books he never did a second draft it was all shit it was just like yeah book after book he holds yeah, yeah. the guinness book of records for it really yeah i didn't know that that's a fact wow and um he wrote dianetics it was a huge smash yeah. it came out in the new thought time in the 50s yeah and then after a couple of years it started the sales went down and he was like, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. Start a religion or organize the principles behind that into right. a series of steps. So it becomes a religion, but it's insular because he's changed all the words to everything. So it's all self-referential. So like being down, if you have lines to somebody, it's like, oh, do you know so-and-so? So, you know, when Leah Remini left the church, they're like, oh, we have lines to Leah. We want to get Leah to see the show. It'll be a big thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're down lines or your comm is off or, you know, all these specific Scientology terms, yeah. KSW, keeping Scientology working, he's in that for 30 years now almost. Like he's not going anywhere. Yeah. Because it's bunker theme. I mean, it's like we were talking earlier about you got the rainwater. Like, yeah, the Scientologists are ready. They've got guns, you know, yeah. at their base, their gold in base and um just like the mormons yeah yeah i mean they got high wire fences they're nothing's going to change with them they're getting all their money now from big donors Mm -hmm. because their flock is thinning out so much Mm because of the management isn't very good basically Uh but the ones highest up are like so into that you know it's like beck his family the mastersons danny masterson from that 70s show those guys their families were in it they're in it yeah you know it's just not they're all ready for the apocalypse you think um well i i should i should have been a little more careful in saying that they're they're not so doomsday yeah oriented but but i mean they're they're taking it to the end of the line if 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 necessary because their purview is that they have an end they call it deadline earth okay that's what we talked about in the play they mention it of like david miscavige yeah like we got to reach deadline we're gonna reach deadline they're saving they're clearing the planet is what they call it so it's an element of salvation that they believe if if we can't get these people to think right we're stop. you know in their mind they're stopping war they're ending poverty they're stopping drug use but they're all these methods that kind of are like yeah narconon is their drug rehab thing and it's yeah, like yeah. well you're having lots of people die because you're just injecting them 
and the purification rundown with a bunch of vitamin and niacin and you can overdose on niacin right. but l ron hubbard wrote this in the 50s where he's like you know 800 cups of niacin yeah. in a smoothie <laughs> and melt them in a sauna you yeah. know and they're yeah, like yeah. i can't breathe and they're like well we don't believe well, in hospitals you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. so there's a lot of stuff that it's like but they're going to defend it through to the lawsuit degree. they yeah. have the most aggressive they're the most litigious organization that exists wow i mean their lawyers were at our show and i was like i could go to jail but like had the first amendment on my side of like it's yeah. satire yeah you, know? you better put it on quick yeah I'll tell you you got a couple so, months yeah so um yeah I don't know. So what's happening with the play now? Um, so it ran. Yeah. And after we did it, there were a couple other companies that did it. Uh -huh. One in Arizona, Kids at Northwestern did it. It's nice. a program which was cool because I was like, I want kids to do it because yeah. it's funnier than Laramie. And it, I got to see that happen. Yeah. So that happened a few times and then it's being put up in Syracuse. Um, so I don't know if I'll go see it. But, okay. But I wrote it intentionally as like a super cheap show. Like it's literally like 20 bucks in costumes and sure. five chairs. Sure. And that's the show with yeah. like songs, so it's easy and cheap to produce at a storefront. Can theater. you can you buy it on Amazon? Yeah, it's on, it's Amazon. on Amazon. Yeah, yeah, good. yeah, good. Because you sent me a copy. That was the first bit of uh, product that anybody has ever sent to me. Well, so, it's just the beginning. Once these endorsements start coming, I know, right? For the advertising, which I think you should do. Yeah, you know, I, I heard you that, mention that. Yeah, I put that Why up on the last one. I, I'm not sure. Stamps.com. I mean, part of me, part. Part of me, I mean, I'm so lefty, man. I'm, I'm, I don't know. This just the idea of free market capitalism gives me a stomachache. So there's something about it that's kind of delegitimizes the content in a way for me. It's like, it's like if you're shopping for a car, don't go and look at Motor Trend to figure out what you want because the Motor Trend car of the year is probably a Ford, and then all of the ads in that magazine are Fords. So it's obviously you talk to your father-in-law. That's yeah, how you buy a car. Yeah, exactly. So part of me feels like, oh, you know, I listen to NPR, I watch PBS, I, we, I'm, I'm into that. Like I'm into content-driven information that's not beholden. Yeah, but you're advertisers. not. But your podcast is not part of like a generous grant from the Kathleen T. MacArthur Foundation. That's, that's what I need. Do you know the MacArthur's? I need. That's what I need. You need that MacArthur money, baby. That's it. That's what I need, <laughs> baby. As soon as this MacArthur money comes, in. I know, right? The man we're gonna be living high. I'm gonna have five rain barrels in my garage. Yeah. I think, I mean, it's a show. Yeah. It's a show. You, you got to support the show. That's but the I don't know. I don't know if, about. I don't know if you have to hit a certain subscriber number or what before they so, start yeah. throwing money at you. I think Because so. there's a podcast idea I was toying with. Yeah. That's, an, it's not an interview. It's more of like a narrative format. But, yeah. but I'm like, like the Radio Lab kind of thing? A little bit. I'll yeah. tell you off air because I did want to talk to you about it. But, Good. But I think it's, well, you yeah. know what? It's funny because it, Adriana was helping me a little bit because she had a, pro a producer yeah. who she was like, oh, you guys would hit it off. Yeah. But the, she produces like rea kind of reality maven. TV. She's a maven. She is. A, that's yeah. a brilliant I'm, I'm word for I'm the same way with, I put people, I love putting people together. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's one of my things. And so it didn't work out, but like, the, I'm like, oh, I have a new friend. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, when we talked on the phone, I got, I got up. I mean, we talked, I think for like an hour. Yeah, and, uh, it was a wormhole. I really didn't want to get off the phone. Same with me. And I, I went to Amy, my wife, and I was like, I think I just made a new friend on the phone. Like this guy's <laughs> really cool. I this doesn't happen to... anymore. Yeah, it's uh, it's well, it's hard in LA. First of all, yeah. I mean, that's the dichotomy of Los Angeles. Is everybody on everybody really is friendly? I mean, I mm -hmm. I don't. I really think Angelinos are friendly, and I know some people disagree with me. And I think some people think that the friendliness is kind of a put on. 
but I think getting there's a difference between saying hi to somebody in a coffee shop and although you know I'm contradicting myself because I'm kind of the person that will meet somebody at a coffee shop and then we end up like having lunch and then we end up seeing a movie yeah, together accent, yeah, yeah and then I mean not it's not gay it's just like it's, yeah. it's LA man yeah uh so I'm kind of your yeah, wife's I'm like, I will be going to Starbucks. From now. <laughs> Keep having affairs. Everybody with a laptop. But uh, yeah, anyway, I uh, I don't know where I was going with that. Oh, yeah. Adriana, she she likes putting people together. Yeah. So what are you working on now? Tell me what's what's the what is the game plan? What I just, what I just had this had this conversation with my manager a couple of weeks ago. OK, um, so I've got two pilots mm-hmm. that I'm developing. One, I have a producer attached, mm-hmm. which is cool. It doesn't mean there's any money, but it's like they yeah, it they work for a legit. big company that produces a lot, and they yeah. took me under their wing. Um, somebody I met from Tomcat was mm-hmm. the first meeting I had, mm-hmm. which I actually, it was my first meeting ever like with anybody in Hollywood. How was know? that? Was it terrifying? Um, yeah. And I stood, so UTA, the agency, they were like, all right, everybody wants to meet you. And I'm like, okay, I don't know how to drive like a car, you know, like around the city, like yeah. I'm going to die. Yeah. And they're like, we'll give you an agent assistant. We'll uh, like these mailroom clowns. Yeah. Like, so they give me this, you know, like yes, ni- so, 19 yeah, year old, yeah. like Jewish kid from Beverly Hills. who's <laughs> like, Hey, I'm Sam. I'm going to drive you around in my dad's old Volvo. And he like <laughs> takes me to all these meetings and he was so sweet. And, um, my first meeting, I'm like, my shirt's pressed and the producer walks up and I'm sitting at this coffee shop. I yeah. stand up. I'm like, hi. I pour like a whole latte like all over my crotch. All, and she's just like, she just starts dying laughing. She's like, you're nervous, huh? And I was like, yeah. And now I'm like burnt. <laughs> but we hit it off and she was so sweet. She was, she'll, she still stays in touch with me. So yeah. she'll be like, what are you working on? Like she reads anything. Nice. That's what I was nice from those meetings was like, I made a lot of friends, I guess. I mean, business, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but anything I write they're, they're they'll read and be like, Oh, well, it's that's not you 90% know. of it. I mean, yeah. So, Oh yeah. And then I called the assistant agent kid yeah. who's like parked around the corner. I'm like, I ruined my outfit. He's like, give me your sizes. I'm going to H and M. And he like buys me like a new thing. You know, I paid him back, yeah. but it was sweet. He did such a good job. And he was like, please tell him I did a good job. And then like, I told, they were like, how is Sam? And I was like, he saved my life. Yeah. You know? And then he got promoted. Yeah, Give that guy a raise. And so, and he still like stays in touch. He's like, what's going on, man? Yeah. Like even this like two and a half years ago. Yeah. Or now three he's, now years he's ago. living in Beverly Hills. In yeah. His own now he's yeah. like got his own agency. <laughs> he's got his own agent assistant. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I've got basically like two TV things and then yeah. like a movie project that I'm developing. So by the end of the year or early pilot season, yeah. I'll have like two scripts to go and then than that but you know as i said we were talking earlier about like what it's like to not be in chicago anymore yeah and you know i chose to not live in la i'm a little south in long beach which mm-hmm. i do really like even I though i thought beach. it was a dump when i moved there i used to live in long beach. now i love I, it, I love it. Yeah. it's so walkable and yeah it's friendly it's Sense tons of community of, tons of midwestern people yeah not terribly expensive like yeah. la I, I don't have to talk about hollywood with, with anybody right. it's right. like all my friends are like you know, in the medical industry or like do law or, sure. you know, something that I don't know anything about. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but it does get a little lonely of like, I need to be interacting more with people and be doing stuff. So I started that long beach scenes of just like going around and interviewing sure. people and making fun of them. Yeah. Um, 
and then just like other things to be active yeah to to keep do you feel like you're less active going. here than you were in chicago is that part i do of, that's part, and, of, the and part of that's because i did excuse me um well you had such a support system and all your, i did and i i, I did all the things through improv yeah i think there was a part and this might sound a little conceited but like it was almost like i got too big after tomcat where mm-hmm. it was like now oh what? like there's nowhere to go now what but yeah. down yeah. like i did the classes I was on a bunch of improv teams. I'd get cut all the time. I don't think I was a very great performer. Okay. Like people would be like, oh, you're like an improv veteran now. I'm like, I was fucking terrible. Like yeah. I was terrified every time. But you just did it. But I just did it. Yeah. And I got a little better at it. But yeah. like I would always get cut from teams. And then, and then like I happened to write this thing and I had enough friends that like it happened. And I mean, when I moved there, I was like, my dream is to get on the second city stage. Um, you know, which happens by you just do improv a lot and then you get hired in a tour Mm company, then you get bumped up to this and then bumped up. And then after that Saturday night live. And it was like within a year, I meet Lauren Michaels for, for a tape I did nothing to do with Tomcat. Like I did an impressions tape just for something to do. And they were like, you know, like this big manager. Yeah, Lauren wants to meet you. Yeah, yeah, it's like, hey, Lauren's coming next week yeah. and he wants to see you. And I'm like, so you burn sorry, bright what? real fast. Yeah. And then I write Tomcat, which I'm like, now I'm back. In the... And then that's even like bigger. Yeah. Where it, Second City shuts down a stage to let us put it up one night. So I'm like, not only did I get on a stage, I wrote my own show and took it over. Yeah. And took it. Over. And then like SNL's trying to see the show and it's like, well, you can't now. So it was like, what do i want to go back to doing improv that i don't even like that much like i did it to learn how to write yeah so there there are parts of me that i'm like well maybe if i stayed in chicago another couple years and did more improv and like wrote more scripts so then when i went out to la when i did all those meetings they'd be like so what are you working on i'd be like oh here's five great scripts right instead of like what do you want to do? Literally anything besides work at Trader Joe's. Can you give me a job? Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then yeah. it's like, well, you need to write for TV, and you know, nobody's just going to throw you a job. I mean, did you go to school for writing? N- no. no, I mean, I went to community college yeah, for so like just a been year. Writing, yeah. since you were little, yeah, since you were a teenager, pretty much, yeah. Wow. And what about formatting? All this? Have you just picked up a script online and I just, copy it? Yeah. Wh- like, what? At one point, when I was in Chicago and I got cut from a team, mm-hmm. I just spent. I didn't do improv for like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. For the most part, like any formal, like I wouldn't have my Herald. They call him Herald as a form Herald team at IO. I just had like little sketch groups, mm-hmm. but I had this job selling furniture, like a lot of mid-century I stuff. I used to sell furniture too. Yeah. yeah. Who's that? Who's that table set downstairs? By the way, uh, that is uh, Milo Bauman. Bauman for yeah. Dexter. Yeah. No, that, not Dexter. Directional. No, it's uh, yeah, it's uh, it's by what is that big? furniture company oh my god drexel drexel yeah it's yeah. drexel milo bauman for Drexel. yeah it's yeah. beautiful yeah thanks yeah so it's a lot of and, stuff yeah. like that yeah, yeah of sure. course sure and uh, you're sitting in. yeah yeah <clears throat> um so it was a lot of that stuff but i was at a storefront and it uh-huh. was dead where it was, was that? like in chicago? downtown chicago uh-huh. um and i was there for like two years and we were so dead like dsw type thing or was it like an antique it was it, we were on vintage. first dibs it was all vintage uh-huh i see it yeah, was all vintage yeah. stuff, all mid-century vintage. Yeah. And we were so dead. Like I would, I just was like, I spent two years just reading scripts. Like I would just pull them up on the computer there or print them and just read, 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 write, write, write. Mm-hmm. And wrote a ton of really horrible stuff. Yeah. And just kind of got better. Yeah. You know. That's what, it's blue collar, man. And it just was like just, singing. It was that. The and then doing improv 
was so helpful because you learn scene structure sure. you learn what works and doesn't beats, yeah beats sure. and and if something doesn't work you just tear and it dialogue, up dialogue man writing dialogue yeah and because and, and you're doing dialogue so much yeah because you're doing all these scenes and then they just wipe it and you're done yeah that you learn what what works and nothing's precious mm -hmm. so i'd write 20 pages That's and just throw it out thing. and it was like new we had a game in improv called new choice where you'd be like hey son um i'm stepping out i'm going to go to the pool new choice hey son your mom's murdered new choice hey yeah. son the communist party's you know whatever right and and so new like you you just had these inherent game structure sure. that was just i it, that's it was what gets so rid great. of writer's block actually writer's block is just kind of a figment of your imagination I it, it truly is uh it's just, also like laziness you just have to write you know but it's yeah. like those morning pages. Did you ever do that the artist way thing where you write three pages every morning? No, I never did. It, it's actually very valuable. I've covered that. It's fantastic. It's, I mean, I equate some kind of like mysticism to it or like these magical things happen when you start doing it. But really what it is is that you're just releasing these ideas that you think are important. Mm -hmm. And once you write them down, you, you're like, oh, that's that's a real piece of shit idea. That's yeah, yeah. terrible. It's you been know? helpful for me. I, I started writing a lot of... Um, short story like true things yeah. from my childhood and yeah i just kind of list out like the top 20 stories that i tell the most yeah like in new ones that butter story i told you because that just happened yeah and i told it to a couple of people and, and it got a laugh really so i was funny. like yeah you know got on it i was the like I'll tell. butter holder yeah so i just i wrote a story of like the it's called the butter holder yeah and it's like a sadaris you know sure uh rack david rackoff kind of just like a five pager yeah but it helps when i'm like knee deep into these really big projects yeah. and i'm like oh, i don't want to and i'm like no just write write a short story yeah. today go back like, to vonnegut yeah. yep or go sure. back, yeah, yeah. I, and i've been rediscovering him like jeez so good dead eye dick man have you read dead i haven't dick? i haven't jesus read dead Christ. eye dick. it's funny it starts out on mother's day and this kid finds his father's rifle and he shoots it out the window and he ends up killing this woman who's vacuuming the upstairs carpet I did, and actually slippers. i did read it's it really i did read funny. it they it was like 15 barn. years ago yeah they live in this barn that they converted and there's like this armenian family that lives there. i don't know it's really funny anyway it's sat it's satire it's so funny and seeing it as satire i mean and his heart was just I, I i don't believe what people when people say like it's such a liberal arts school like your first year you discover vonnegut and you let him go and and th that it's like a i don't know i feel like they kind of infantilized the importance of him as a man of letters i think so too and yeah i mean time quake if you master. ever read time quake which was one of his last i don't i haven't read it mm -mm. his son just released this posthumous collection mm -hmm. of his writing which it's very hit and miss i mean yeah, there's just some sure. dumb shit that you're sure. like where are you put but man there is a it's an actual copy of the letter they scanned it mm -hmm. that he wrote his family as a while he was a pow in dresden and it is i'll send you a picture of it or a, a couple pictures yeah it is one of the most beautiful things i've and i've eloquence. ever read it's yeah. it's eloquence there the thing that stuck out it in the very kind of vonnegutian way of he you know he'll list list and then joke list yeah. list joke yeah and he he does it in this heartbreaking way where he's like i mean i'm very, I'm, I'm destroying this in my recollection but he's like um this you know this many jews have died here in europe but not me um there was a battle and this many men died but not me i was captured we went to we were marched through the snow mm -hmm. in the middle of this horrible winter and this these guys died but not me 
Dresden was bombed by allied forces and the entire city is in ashes yeah. and all these people died but not me and he can goes on and he's like the Germans had us dig these graves um, these casks dug out of ban of buildings that are now underground in ash and there's noxious gases inside that killed all these POWs but not me and, and it's mm -hmm. just like Ah, like yeah. the preciousness of life and yeah. like him saying like I'm going to try to make and how it how tenuous home. it is yeah how tenuous it is so that he's not any different than any of these people mm -hmm. every single one of those people yeah it makes me think to toggle back like not not to shit on your conversation with your wife of like let's you know if they do this like yeah. are we going to leave yeah it, but then also just like the you know even a lot of late night hosts in you know left leaning no, we're, we we got to stay and fight, we, which I think we should. I agree. But also, yeah. like, what if we actually fought? Yeah. You know? Yeah. But Picked part of arms. me, like, yeah. when I'm like, you know, I don't want to call them assholes or undesirables, but, but the people who are way on the other side, yeah, the, a lot of them are, you know, yeah, you got the Rust Belt, disenfranchised, you sure. know, globalization, so they're mad and they happen to be white factory workers for the most part. Yeah. Um. But you also have like all of the South. Why didn't we just let them secede? I know. Why did we go? Th I mean, more people died in the Civil War than like World War One, World War Two, the Revolution, Nam, all combined. Yeah. More than like almost half the country died. Yeah. No, I know. O over what? There's still, <laughs> they still have the same beliefs. Yeah, I, it's for funny. for the most part. I mean, that's not to say there's not, you know, the obviously South the Southern really Poverty lose. Law the Center. The South didn't really lose. The South actually has held the North hostage ever since. Yeah, so a part of me was, and people are talking about California seceding. I'm like, yeah, right. Yeah, I know. I mean, like well, the well, federal funding, like. I know the country would collapse. The rest yeah, of the country would not They would, but us. also like. They'd starve. The shit that we vote on when we were going through and I'm looking at the election stuff that yeah. I as an individual voter, they're like, hey, Brandon, what do you think of us spending five billion dollars on this playground area and right. this for school fixing? And I'm like, why are you asking me? Right. I don't go to the school. I don't have kids there. I don't fucking know. You shouldn't have me. Deciding hey, Brandon, that. would you like to have the state spend this much money on stem cell? Am yeah. I? Do you, I look like a fucking scientist? Well, you're is, entrusting me with billions. This you know is what the I mean? age of equivalency. You know, you're, so part this, of me is, is just it. like, don't don't ask me. Like, yeah. you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think a lot of things get put on the ballot here yeah. that they should not. You know, granted, like us. the the, yeah. the marijuana thing, absolutely, because that's like, what? Why are you criminalizing this? Why do right. we have all these people in right. jail over this? Yeah, nobody's ever died. Thirty thousand people a year are dying from they, alcohol related. Yeah, uh, and we're spending sixty grand a year yeah. for like some idiot who yeah. had like a little pot on him. We're not even an idiot. Like wrong place, wrong. Yeah, not hurting anybody. Yeah, absolutely. But a lot of it, I'm like, oh, I don't know. So I don't know uh, as far as secession, but it's like that thing Louis C.K. said when he was on Conan. That famous, it became a famous thing of like, we're in the best time and everybody is unhappy. Yeah. Where he's like, maybe we do need a time where we're walking around with a donkey and the pot's clanging. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so it's like, maybe we need to see what happens. How badly do we want this? Yeah. This republic, you know? So 
and, and then the other uh, part of me is like my dad yeah who he's like he, he voted for trump because he doesn't like hillary he didn't vote for trump because he likes trump he's like no the guy's an idiot but i don't like the clan so when they stacked the deck and they got paul ryan they got these jack these jackos and they got the congress they got it all mitch mcconnell still yeah yeah kick him somehow that i'm like i want to see yeah like all your voters like he, he already down. immediately has all these insiders yeah he immediately goes oh, actually like it's not a priority to um have hillary clinton go to jail we're gonna take obamacare Actually, the majority of Obamacare stuff's going to be the same. Yeah. We're just going to change some parts. Yeah. Well, how are you going to do that? We're going to uh, call it Trump Care. Yeah, <laughs> we, we don't know. We're going to change the name. Yeah. It's like, let's see what what you guys can do. Yeah. You got the keys to the kingdom now? Yeah. Literally. You know? I mean, there's nothing stopping any of it. Yeah, so it's unbelievable. The pro- progress or rewind button that they want to hit, uh, especially with the trade stuff and international diplomacy like wait till china just says we're going to take taiwan wait you know i think we want taiwan finally and wait till russia says you know what i really miss the land that we had in the, during the soviet days yeah so when trump's like we're going to pull everybody we're out all ta- these we're bases. just going to take that land back. Yeah. so what are you going to do with yeah so you know you know part of me is like let's yeah sure man good like good luck exit strategy it's, it's your house now yeah let, let me see you change the interior change the foundation yeah stack the supreme court go for it man like you guys have wanted this for years we fought you now yeah. you got this is your last gas all the accountabilities on you yeah so you can't blame anybody you can't even well i inherited this from obama there's none of that obama yeah. well i got the recession from bush right the right. blank things slate are good. yeah things are blank good. slate yeah i gotta exactly. i gotta pee again. yeah man do I you want to write down the oh Okay. I mean, so we've been going an hour and fifty-five minutes. I have no idea what. It's so good. Did I did I do okay? Did I say words? Yeah, in, lots in of order, words. and you put them in an order that I could understand. And your listeners will. I think so. Yeah, I'm gonna have to split it up into like two, maybe three. This episodes. was so masturbatory for me. Like I feel like it was a therapy session. I love it. Yeah. I I mean I don't get to sit sit around and talk to just literally just have a conversation with somebody that I don't know very well that's just like really fun and easy yeah you know it's great i i appreciate being a non-composer <laughs> i appreciate like, you being a non-composer too. Um, i mean the original uh thing about this pot i mean the original reason i did it is because i know so many people in all sorts of fields mm-hmm. but then everybody i've had on mostly have been musicians and so like i've got my friend Eric knows an astronaut who I met a while ago, um, and I want I want to have him on. Like he's a you, fucking he's an astronaut. Can you ask him about the aliens? Oh, I did. Like we were at a dinner party. It, it, the last time I saw him, I had dinner with him when there was talk about that like monolith floating out in in deep space. Like yeah, the, yeah. You know, they, this radio science thing. You yeah. saw it out there. There's this like, un, there's like an orbit that wasn't. Yeah, perfect. Or, and they thought it was like some big alien civilization. Well, they have yeah, all so those those that. footage of like light beings like fl- going around yeah. the spacecrafts and stuff. And it, I mean, not to get not to get into that conspiracy theories. Yeah, but somebody sent me a video of like, so you know, Blink One Eighty Two. Sure. You know that one of the guys from it like quit the band and he's full time UFOologist now. You're kidding. He even started a company, right? That's like 
I don't know, like space space ghosts. I don't know what, like it's what he does. Yeah. They had a whole profile in Rolling Stone on this guy. Yeah. And he's like meeting with all these State Department heads. Like he's yeah. using his celebrity-ish dumb to be like, so they published all these, like the, I, a bunch of it was in WikiLeaks. Yeah. Of him like setting up all these meetings with State Department and stuff. And it was saying that like, okay, aliens are real. Yeah. We've had, I'm going to live on this. it for decades. Decades. Yeah. The, these beans came, you know, around Roswell time. There's a bunch of different ones. There's a, cons, there's a space confederation. Yeah, exactly. Not only that. I read about this. Right. You know, the six man on the moon, the astronaut is a, is a guy who's like. That's what they're saying. Yeah. So there's like, there's humanoid ones that live among us. Yeah. Then there's like taller ones and then you got little green men and the grays. Some of them have ships inside earth, like yeah. all this. And supposedly, it's going to be slowly revealed yeah. under the Trump presidency. Is what they is what these things said. Is that like they they're not going to let everybody know right away to be like, all right, there's a galactic confederation, yeah. and there's like these groups and these, yeah. but it'll be like, uh, we we have had contact with uh, some information from another planet, and yeah. then like six months later, it'll be like, you know, it was a radio frequency. Um, you know, and then pretty soon yeah. it'll be like, and they all live among us, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so there is stuff with the... I mean, there's a lot There's a lot to be said about hiding that from the American people. Well, it makes I mean, you wonder, like, you all this at, stuff, if, if you're like, this is peanuts. It's happened. It's happened here in our history. I mean, I listened to this podcast, um, Hardcore History, the Stan Carlin Hardcore History podcast, oh, I've heard which about you would this. love. It's awesome. I've heard about this. And there's this, you know, he talks about the Roman Empire, and they they'd come to this town... And they would bring water and they'd bring education and they'd bring health care and they'd bring police force and they'd bring roads and infrastructure and mm -hmm. plumbing, you know, and toilets. And, and then they'd give them a Bible and they'd say, here, this is this is God. God said this and Jesus yeah, yeah. died on the cross and this is and he's made all of this stuff for you. And we're just delivering the word of God along with all this cool stuff. Yeah. The book is in Latin. But you're just going to just trust us. Yeah. Trust us. So look at all this great stuff that we brought. Mm -hmm. This what's in this book. You go to church on Sunday and you give them your money, and just trust us that the what's in the book is is true. Yeah. And they're like, "Fuck, okay, that's awesome." Well, the same thing could be could happen with aliens. They come down. They have a cure for cancer, free energy, a way to make the world clean again, all overnight. And they say, "And here's this book." Your this God Jesus you've been thinking about and talking about, it's not, that's not this really Here's Zolt this book. It's called Dianetics. Yeah, by exactly. Aaron. Yeah, 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 yeah. Zoltan is actually the God. Yeah. And he's the one that taught me how to cure cancer. And he taught yeah. us how to give you free energy. Just trust us. It's in Zoltanese and you can't read it, but you know. And then suddenly the, we're subjugated, just like the Roman. You know, like I don't want to go too dark. And I know we're having this up, but it made me wonder about, you hear Kyle Odom, Kyle Odom. He was that shooter in Idaho. Ted Cruz had that rally or whatever, yeah. and this guy pulls out a gun afterwards and he shoots this pastor, almost kills him. And then he gets on a flight and goes to the White House. This was last, like March. Okay, something might have been a little later. Yeah. Um, and then he goes to the White House and he's throwing over like discs or something, like hard drives and White House security arrest them yeah and then they connect them to this shooting yeah that like he how do you get on an airplane after he shot somebody whatever they just didn't have the information so he publishes this manifesto 
he gives him this manifesto. He's like, this is why I shot him because of the aliens. And he writes this whole manifesto. I read it. It's only like 15 pages. But it's at the end, it's like, if you need more information, contact me. And I thought, like, <laughs> I want to interview this guy. Yeah. But he's like, oh, I was in school. And then, like, these beans would visit me. And and he, like, drew them and everything. And so that, that it kind of freaked me out of, like, is this this yeah, guy's just him. mentally ill, right? Yeah. Or, and he, like, includes a list of, like, all the congressmen who are aliens and like all this information and, and, and including this pastor yeah. that he's like, this guy was alien too. And he was fucking with me. <laughs> and so I shot him cause he like revealed himself. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh no. Like, <laughs> I hope they're it's not happening. like that. I hope they're not that. <laughs> that Bulgarian woman was right. She was right, man. <laughs> so I wonder, cause it's like, I re- uh, that Carl Sagan thing, you yeah. know, he wrote that book, the demon haunted world, yeah. which if you haven't read it, it's phenomenal. It gets the title derived because he debunks everything in the book. Yeah. He's like, it's a li- basically a list book of every phenomenon, supernatural phenomenon. He yeah. he debunks them one by one. Um, and back in times of Aristotle and Plato, like, you know, the amazing formation of, sure. of democracy, these guys still believed in demons. And yeah. they said, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, this is how we'll start a democracy. But also, demons fly in the sky. They're in the clouds. You can't see them. Yeah, they do come at night and they'll suck on your stuff, and that's why you have wet dreams. <laughs> they, they believe it. And then Christianity came, biblical times. Yeah. Um, they're like, no, no, no. No, actually, I have it backwards. They used to think they were angels. Uh huh. Then Christianity comes, and they're like, no, 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 no they're no, demons, demons up there. Yeah. So they, the hell was originally like in the sky. Uh huh. So now he gets it derives the title because he's talking about space aliens, and he's like, you know, these farmers who are like, I was asleep, and yeah, they right. walked through the wall. And then they played with my butthole. Right. Carl Sagan's right. like, you're telling me they can transcend space and time. They have the most advanced, efficient, advanced yeah. technology. And yeah. they're interested in, in your, your butt. butt. <laughs> they're interested in your butt at the farm. They picked you up to yeah. touch your, your wife's pubic hair and yeah. cut a piece off and then dropped her in a cornfield. Right. And put a hole in her ear. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. And, and like a device in her too. Yeah. Like, what? So part of me is like, I could go 50-50. Same with me. <laughs> I mean, if yes, if tomorrow somebody says, you know what, we've been lying to you the, the past 75 years, we, I wouldn't be, honestly, I wouldn't be too surprised. So I'd be bottom, freaked out. Bottom line, though, you need those rainwater barrels. Exactly. It's hope for the best, plan for the worst. That's it. So I'm going to I'm gonna say it's not going to happen in our lifetime, the aliens. The earthquake's not going to happen. But I do have my emergency pack that my sister made that has the U.S. Constitution and dried Trader Joe's food and dried kibble for my dog, and I'm ready to go with the Well, knife. I need to get your address before you leave. Yeah. Thanks Head north. For, thanks for being on the show, man. Thanks for having me, and thanks uh, for inviting me to the show. I'm very excited to see Akhenaten oh, on great. Saturday. Philip Glass is my favorite. I can't um, wait. When I was writing Tomcat, yeah. I only listened to Philip Glass. Now it all makes sense. Yeah. It's my favorite it. show of the season by far. It's the, fantastic. Yeah. I'm glad you're going to come see it. Yeah. All right, That's man. Exciting. Thanks again. Thank you. And that was the end of my very long chat with Brandon Ogborn. I really like that guy. I can't wait to start working with him in the new year. We're going to write up some outlines for some ideas for a new show, and I can't wait to uh, tell you all about it. Probably just be in a couple weeks. I think we'll have something together, or at least a plan. So I'll be able to talk about it a little bit. I hope you have a very nice week. Hope it's nice and quiet for you between now and New Year's Eve. Remember not to uh, drink and drive 
on New Year's Eve. We've got Uber and AAA, I'm sure, is going to be doing free stuff. And also, we just got a message from Amazon. If you guys have toys and things that you want to clear out to bring in the new stuff, use your Amazon boxes. Uh, tape them up. I think you go through Amazon or UPS. I'm not sure which, but they'll actually come and pick it up uh, at your doorstep and take it over to Goodwill. No fuss, no muss. So take advantage of that. I want to thank Michael Nielsen for letting me use this beautiful Shure SM7B microphone. Michael, I hope you had a great Christmas. Can't wait to see you in the new year. I also want to thank Greg Geiger for helping me with my theme song. I'm still loving it, buddy. I'll probably keep using it. I don't know. As long as I use it, I'm going to plug you. Go to laclassical.com and tell him I said hi. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I have had a great year on this podcast. I'm so glad that you guys enjoy it. I can't wait to keep it up, and uh, we'll have some great guests in the new year. Have a good one, and until next time. Like long walks and you wear clean pants, genius. Get onto my show.